Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Lab. Our podcast contains graphic and gruesome content. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Cassie. I'm Brittany. And And this this is Crime Lab. Hello, Lab Techs. Welcome back to The Lab this week. This episode is brought to you by our one and only lab technician, Brittany. (laughs) Hello, hello. One of our lead lab techs. So she is bringing us a case that per usual, I have no clue about. Literally, sometimes we hint to each other a few things here and there. Like last week was the grilled cheese or the week before that. Brittany's like, it's not really a murder case, but it's something bizarre. Like, I literally no clue. We have not spoken prior to her or after she started her research, so zero clue. No idea what she's bringing to us this week, so I'm excited to hear it. So, Brittany, please fill my ears with true crime. You got it. I got a good one for us this week, folks, so let's kind of pay attention and go down this rabbit hole together. All right. Grab your notes. Open your mind mind notebook. Yes. Do that. Do that. Do that. (laughs) So we are going to talk about Brandon Swanson. Mm -hmm. So I don't know too much about childhood. Okay. So we're kind of more going to start off in his like teen slash adult years. Okay. So in 2008, when he was 19 years old, he was a freshman at Minnesota West Community and Technical College. Okay. So he got some kind of college education or at least got into it. Yes. So he's got some kind of smarts, right? Like he's headed in that direction Mm -hmm. to potentially get a good career. Because I feel like a technical college or something like that is pretty good. Like a trade. It's kind of like a trade. trade. Mm -hmm. There we go. I I pulled the words right out of your mind. (laughs) You did indeed. (laughs) So Brandon had... Quite a few friends when he attended college, and one uh, one of his friends that he had met on May 13th was having a going away party on campus with pretty much all of the friends that he knew. That's cool. So around midnight, Brandon left the going away party to drive from Canby to reach his parents' home in Marshall. Okay. The drive is about 30 minutes. Okay, so not a so bad drive. Not far. Yeah, not far That's at like all. That's like my house to mom and dad's. Or my house from to mom and dad's. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I we we are both thirty like thirty minutes, huh? Yeah. I didn't think about that. Not too bad, not too bad. Forty five thirty, depending on traffic. But yeah, so it's it's a usual minimal commute. It's not that far. Exactly. So this happened around midnight is when he left the party to go back to his parents' house. So at around 1.15 a.m., Brandon's car ended up going off the road and got he got stuck in a ditch. Oh. He initially tried to call his friends that for help from the party that he was just at, yeah. but he couldn't reach anyone. No one was picking up. Well, I guess if it's a college party, it's not like they're going to be super attentive to their phones. <laughs> Exactly. But also it's like, are they the safest people to call anyways? Because True. if it is a college party, they've probably been drinking or uh, who knows? I've never been to one. Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> and then them driving, they'd probably get stuck in the same ditch. <laughs> they go to pull them out and then somehow get stuck and then a mess. Yeah. 
<laughs> then they, get, they they call another friend to come pick him up. And it's just know? a line. <laughs> <laughs> At around 1.54 a.m., Brandon decides it's time to call his parents. He can't reach any of his friends. He knew that his parents would come, you know, just like any parents would. Yeah. Call. Child needs help. The parent goes. So he told them that he was okay. Nothing was wrong. He just drove off the road, was stuck in a ditch off of a gravel road somewhere and just needed some help getting his car out. Mm -hmm. I wonder how he drove off. Like, was he drunk or like under the influence or was he just tired? Because, I mean, it is one in the morning when it happened. So it's like, did he doze off and like veer off or I wonder what caused him. I'm not too sure, to be honest. I don't know if it was something to do with the party, if it was just because it, like he's not good at driving in the dark. Um, because he, not to say people with glasses can't drive in the dark, but I struggle. speaking <laughs> from personal experience, I wear glasses. It's difficult driving at night in the mm-hmm. dark. There's reflections and stuff. But I, so I don't know if it's that or weather-wise. Like I didn't get any of that information. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too okay. sure what caused it. At this point, after he called his parents and told them that he was fine, just stuck in a ditch, he wasn't completely sure where exactly he was on the gravel road. Okay. As, I mean, without road signs and stuff, and if you don't really know how to pinpoint your location, I mean, it's understandable why it'd be kind of hard. Yeah, he didn't know. So he stayed on the phone the whole time while his parents were driving to the general location of where he said that he was at. Okay, um, that's good. I would assume they would kind of know the same road, right? 30 minutes from this point to this point, he's got to be somewhere along. Mm-hmm. If not, they know road. the starting point, more than likely, the campus. And yes. if he, he probably told them, you know, I drove about this amount of time, they could locate, okay, he left the campus towards this way, where would he be? Exactly. So there's some way for them the parents to find him yeah it's not like complete mystery so when brian and anita which are the parents names reached their son's location they couldn't see him or his car but Mm. brandon was still on the phone with them at this point okay my guess kind of is that they just didn't they were not in the right spot um Mm -hmm. but i guess who knows so Brandon and his parents, they try each other by, like, flashing headlights um, to try to get each other's attention. Because you know how you do that. Like, oh, you're on the phone yeah. with somebody. Like, do you see me waving or, you know, yeah. flash your headlights? Um, Especially so if it's one in the that. morning. It's probably pitch black on a gravel road. So Exactly. So the headlight thing was pretty smart, in my opinion. Um, but in this case, it didn't work. Hmm. So they didn't know who, but someone was obviously in the wrong location from when they were talking. So whether Mm -hmm. it's Brandon not explaining his location very well or the parents just maybe did go down the wrong road. But at some point during the night while on the phone with his parents, he ended up telling them that he saw some lights in the distance driving towards him. Hmm. Um, He said he was pretty sure the lights were coming from the town of Lind. But not 100% sure if that was accurate. Okay. So he's on the phone with his parents. He tells them that he's going to walk over to the town of Lind so they could meet at a more specific spot instead of trying to search for each other's cars and lights. and Which generally know. would be smart, yeah. 
Yes. So as he's walking, again, this whole time, he is on the phone with his parents. And he starts walking along this gravel road towards this town. But at some point when he is walking, he cuts through some fields and climbs over some fences. And as he's doing it, still on the phone with his parents, describing Mm -hmm. where he is, what he's doing. Okay. This seems like he's doing everything he should be and could be doing at this moment. I agree. The only thing that was kind of weird is that like he cuts off into the field instead of staying on the road. But it's like, what would yeah. be safer? Doing that or staying on the road and like potentially being picked up by someone? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What hmm. would you guys do? I'll ask you again later. But what would you guys do? So anyways, again, on the phone, just this whole time on the phone, which is great. He's climbing fences, <laughs> headed towards the town that he thinks is Lind. And as he's walking through the fields, he could hear some water flowing like a river or something in the distance. At Mm -hmm. the 47-minute mark of their phone call, Brian's dad recalls hearing Brandon shout, Oh, crap. And then the call drops. Oh. Um, I would think like he tripped or hurt himself or something and the phone fell. That would be my thought. Like he got hurt somehow. Yeah, and then when he falls like, the phone gets damaged or he accidentally hangs up because, I mean, mm-hmm. that happens. So after the call drops, the dad, Brian, said that there was nothing after that. No return call. When they tried calling, He Brandon wasn't picking up. So just as we suspected, Brian thought that his son may have fallen, something had happened, you know, just... A mistake thing, not like something bad happened. Mm-hmm. When they tried again, many, many, many times calling their son back, never once did they get an answer. No one picked up. And again, no mm-hmm. return phone calls. So now it's the next day. They call again multiple times. But at this point, the phone calls are just going straight to voicemail. It's like not ringing or mm-hmm. anything. It's just going straight to voicemail. So his parents decided Uh that they were going to continue driving around the area where they had last spoke and also around the area of Lind to see Mm. if they could find Brandon, but nothing. They couldn't find the vehicle. They didn't find him. They didn't find any hints of where he was at or, you know, any evidence that he was walking through fields. Mm -hmm. So at this point, because nothing's coming up, they can't reach their son. They called the police and requested a missing persons report at 6.30 a.m. the next morning. Smart. Okay. Smart. I would think, you know, it's the right path to take at this point. Because at that point, you know he's not like a runaway or anything like that because you physically were on the phone with him. Yeah, on the phone, but then you also like went back and traced the spots of where he was supposed to be and he's not there. Mm Mm-hmm. But as you said, a runaway thing, typically I feel like when we're doing cases like this, the police will say, you have to wait. It's, it hasn't been like 48 hours or something like that, you know. And Which is bullshit and it's actually not true. They just do that because they're like, we don't want to investigate yeah, this right now. Probably majority of them. Mm-hmm. Because if the ID channel taught me anything, the first 48 to 72 hours is the most important. I was just about to say that. But yes. Mm, I read first, your mind. First 48, people. 
Have you not seen that mm-hmm. TV show? <laughs> For real. They made a whole series about it. Yes. So, yeah, he told them they had to wait. It's common for people around his age to avoid communicating with his parents and, you know, kind of going missing for a short period of time and then turning up. Would make sense if he didn't just call them for help. Like, yeah. I would be like, no, he called us to help him. We were on the phone with him trying to locate him. He was giving us directions and then something happened. He's not ignoring us. Something happened. Yeah, he's definitely not. And the fact that he's like telling him exactly where he is. This is where you can find me. This is what I'm doing. Like, yeah, if someone didn't want to talk to their parents, they would not be doing that. Literally giving step by step of where they're at to locate him. I know. (laughs) Yeah, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it makes no sense. So around noontime, the authorities, they finally began searching. They were like, okay, let's search. It's about 1230 now. Brandon's Chevrolet was found in the ditch on the borders of Lincoln and Yellow Medicine. He pretty much was saying Lynn because he thought that's the direction that it was in. But my guess is, like I said, maybe under the influence or just overly tired and made a wrong turn. And then could have happened. That's also why he drove into a ditch because it wasn't his normal route. Yeah. I mean, that could have easily been what had happened. And I mm-hmm. will have a picture of the map of where these different locations are so you guys can have like an idea. Awesome. Of um how close or, you know, possible miss roads he could have turned down by accident, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I would think that yes, that could happen. Lincoln County Sheriff Jack Visecki stated the vehicle was so far in the ditch that Brandon would not have been able to get any traction to come out of the ditch. And there really probably wasn't any help unless you had another vehicle pulling his car out. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Quite an embankment that he went down then. Um. Yeah. And again, I'll have a picture <laughs> where you can see and it's literally like off the road. <laughs> Like in the Thanks. Day. So he didn't just swerve off the road. He practically crashed off of Pretty the road. Pretty much. I would say that's more accurate. There was Jeez. no other apparent damage to the car. No indication that Brandon was hurt in an accident. So there was like no blood or anything like that. Mm-hmm. The airbags good. didn't deploy. Like nothing showed that it was a crazy accident. Okay, that's good. Yes. So in the months following his disappearance, law enforcement professionals and volunteers searched the area on foot, horseback, using all types of vehicles because it's out in like a field, you know, out in the middle of nowhere because mm-hmm. gravel roads. So they had all these different sources out searching. They also used search dogs and searched various bodies of water that were in the surrounding area. Which, oh shit, I I fell into a a river. That makes sense. Yeah, because there was the rushing water. That's true. Mm. I actually didn't think about that. And could explain (laughs) why he didn't pick up the phone. Or like why Mm -hmm. the call dropped. Because when the phones get wet, they don't work no more. Yeah. Plus cold in the middle of the night and the water is probably freezing. Hypothermia is a thing. So many possibilities. So many possibilities. And Brandon was never found, and there was no evidence oh. of Brandon in the area or what? in the surrounding area. I wonder, did they 
because he said he was going through the field and he hopped a fence and all that. I wonder if they located like, okay, he was generally in this field. Well, they had a, the point, they at least had somewhere to start because they found his vehicle. They at least had somewhere to start, but then. Yeah. For, for what they say, the phone call was 47 minutes. So walking about 47 mm-hmm. minutes or so, you'd kind of, I would think you'd have a general area, but it'd probably be hard to figure out what point did he cut off and go into the field. So he called his parents about 1.45-ish. And from how you mentioned before, it was about half an hour from their home to the campus. So we don't necessarily know how far he was from the campus, but you have to estimate that he was on the phone with them for at least half hour while they were driving from their location to him, plus whatever extra time of them just driving around trying to figure it out. So he really was only on the phone with them, with him walking 10, 15 minutes. Right? Because it was a 47-minute phone conversation. Takes half hour-ish for them to get to that location. He's only going to be, I would say, like 15, 20. I would say just in case they weren't driving around for very long before he started walking. So from the location of his car, you really only can search out 20 max like 30 minutes from that location because it's not like he would have made it super far unless he was running true but you know what i just realized i just realized something there's a whole hour that he's doing something because he left the party at midnight but didn't call his friends for help until 1 15 but the drive from the party to his parents was only 30 minutes. Yeah, which also makes me think too, if it's as big of an embankment as you're describing, and I'll see the picture once we get that up on our socials. But my thought is, even though it didn't have signs of a crash, like he dozed, I think he dozed off and went off the road. And then when he came to, he was like, shit, I drove off the road. Yeah, and I guess if it's not that big of a thing like an embankment um Mm -hmm. the airbags wouldn't deploy or nothing you wouldn't really have too much damage because there was no damage or nothing to the vehicle it would just get like the tires stuck if he's at like a certain angle he's not going to hit anything so my thought is he took the wrong turn he dozed off he went off the road and when he came to he was like oh shit i need to start calling people so he starts calling his friends his friends aren't answering panics for half hour and then calls his parents. That could be it. But again, how far is his car from the campus? How far did he make it? Because he was just under halfway. So he was about 15 minutes in. So there's about half out or 45 minutes that are unaccounted for. And he said Lind, which is there. And it's a gravel road, which that's a main road. So my thought is, do you see all those other little lines? The like very faint lines? Yeah. So those are all side roads. Yeah. So my thought would be he took back roads like he didn't want to be on the main street. So that's why he said he thought he saw Lind because he thought he was on one of these side roads. And like whatever direction this car was coming from, it looked like it was coming from one of the side roads towards Lind instead of the main freeway. Yeah, he must have been like backwards or something if he thought Mm -hmm. that he was looking at like Lind, like 
direct that direction. Yeah. But really, he didn't make it that far before he crashed. Yeah, I would say it's less than halfway. And if Marshall to Canby is 30 minutes, I would say he's like only like 10, 15 minutes into his drive. Yeah. And then you guys will see on the socials too once it's up there. But there are like little side roads. So when he says he sees the car coming towards him from what appears to be Lind, my thought is, it's not coming up the main road from Marshall to him. It's coming up one of the side roads that he knows. Yeah. That general direction, they can only be coming from like here, Lind, Ivanhoe, or Arco. They're not coming from Marshall or else they'd be on the main road. So he maybe sees one, doesn't know the distance, but he sees a car coming up the side road. And he's like, oh, they must be coming from Lind because I know it's like not on the main road. It's off to the side. Yeah, which also could explain why he went off, like, into the fields. That's really the only thing I can think of, is he saw it coming from a side road or himself was taking a side road, and so maybe the embankment was off of a side road just off the main highway. But then it's also like, how did he not know that, though? Because when he's explaining it to his parents, he's they're talking about, like, on the gravel road, like, on that road, the main road. I don't know, but yeah, it's very confusing nonetheless that he only make, yeah. made it just under halfway for a 30-minute drive. There's an hour unaccounted for, at least 45 minutes unaccounted for, and then a 47-minute phone call when his parents only would have taken 20 minutes to get there, so that's another 30-minute max where they're searching for him. But remember, he said that he had said that he was coming from the town of Lind. Like, he saw headlights were coming from Lynn, so I wonder if the parents ended up driving the wrong way. Yeah, that's possible, too. And it looks like there's a few different side roads. So as they're searching for him and he's giving them directions, they're like, okay, which one of these gravel side roads is he on? Which way did he come from? From campus. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? Taking a look at the pictures that we post on the socials for this case, I want you guys to come up with the conclusion of what you think happened. But we want to know because we're sitting here speculating. There's no real truth to it. So let us know what you guys think. Yeah. And he was never found. So there's like what happened to Brandon? Yeah. Where did he go? There are, however, some theories. Okay. So let me go ahead and say some of those because maybe they might make sense or, you know, clear things up. I like theories. That's what we're doing. (laughs) Yes. Building theories. (laughs) So the search dogs that they had go out did react to a scent on the edge of Yellow Medicine River, which led authority to to believe that Brandon likely slipped into the water at some point, which is a theory that you had. But something that was confusing to them is if he did fall completely into the water, his cell phone would have started going straight to voicemail immediately after the call dropped. But it didn't. It still rang. Mm-hmm. And then went to voicemail. It wasn't only until the day after until the, it was going straight to voicemail. Cell phones now, like, they're waterproof. They're not going to break and go straight to voicemail right away. So yeah. depending on what kind of phone he had, maybe it was a little more durable. Maybe he had one of the Nokia phones and it's, like, indestructible. indestructible. So <laughs> it was okay until the next day. Like, it all depends, I guess, on what kind of phone he had. As if it can withstand some water pressure for a few hours. Before it starts going straight to voicemail. True. That is true. 
So, yes, that was one of the theories that that could have happened. Okay. Um, but then something that kind of potentially disproved it. But then there we also were saying that foul play was there was no signs of foul play. Like there was okay. nothing showing that that was that that was even yes, even a thought. But it had also been proposed that he might have accidentally fallen into the river near where his car was found, drowned. And then obviously the river's going to push the body and then the body mm-hmm. just wouldn't be found. I guess it, yeah. that's not true. It could potentially be found, but it probably would take a while. Well, they knows? took a long time. They didn't get right on it. So the body had so much time to move throughout the water if this is the case of what happened. Yeah. Compared to if they were to search, he would have only been, what is that, five, four or five hours down the way rather than six to eight hours down the way or six to nine hours, depending on how long they took to make that conclusion. True. Very true. And depending on how long the river is and where it dumps off at, like, yeah, there's no telling where the heck the body could be. Mm-hmm. So they kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you. Also, one of the trails that was near the river, the dogs were able to pick up a scent. But after following the scent along the water for a while, the dogs continued walking up across to like the other side. So they like crossed mm-hmm. the water and went up onto the other side. And along that river bank, there was another gravel road where it continued north. Okay. Towards Yellow Medicine County line, but ended. And within that gravel road, or I guess on the side, I don't know how you would technically word that, but on the side of the gravel road, there Mm -hmm. was a farm. And near the farm is where the car was found. Oh. So it's like, could the farm have had something to do with it? Yeah, like know. a lot of like farm slash landowners, if somebody's trespassing on the property, like they'll threaten with a gun. But I mean, they didn't hear a gunshot or anything, but that would, you know, that would call for an oh shit if you see somebody with a gun. Uh, yeah. Or there's sometimes coyote traps or things like that on farmland to keep coyotes from getting to their cattle. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of possibilities that way. Maybe the trap went off. It got them. The farm or landowner was like, oh, shit, this is a person. Like, it killed whoever this is or caused harm. Like, I need to get rid of this. I don't want anything to come back to me, you know? Then yeah, it turns into a whole cover-up. <laughs> that also is so bad if that is what happened. Like, I bet you that farm guy is like a uh, secret killer or something. And he's <laughs> like, I don't want all my other bodies to be found. <laughs> yeah, he has like a whole torture chamber that like, Yeah. There's so many possibilities on that front. So many. So another theory that people had was, you know, was alcohol involved in what had happened? Again, another theory that you had. Which makes sense. He came from a college party where there was more than likely alcohol, possibly drugs and alcohol. Yes. that I mean, it's a very good point. Things happen at parties Things are consumed like you never know. And then bad mm-hmm. decisions are made. From what I hear, again, I've never been to one. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, you know. he, was he disoriented so all this happened? Was he under the influence so that's why he got turned around and started going through this field rather than in the correct direction? Exactly. 
So one thing that his dad remembered was when they were talking on the phone, there was no sign of like slurring words or that he sounded disoriented hmm. or or confused or anything like that. Like he was speaking clearly. He was giving clear directions of where he was and what he was seeing. So he, in his opinion, he didn't think, you know, any alcohol was consumed or he was under the influence of any sorts. Mm-hmm. But one of his friends from the party had recalled that Brandon had a shot of whiskey, but he didn't appear to be intoxicated. And when he left the party, it was just after midnight on May 14th. Okay. And that, you know, which matches up with the timeline of when he left and other reports of when he left. But again, he states that, yes, he did have at least a shot of whiskey. Yeah, which for some people, but for most people, just one shot of whiskey is not going to disorient you. Like, you're way under the legal limit at that point. Yeah. So. So either he had other stuff to drink and the friend didn't know, but then that wouldn't make mm-hmm. sense about the phone conversation that he had with his dad. Yeah. And I mean, I wonder time-wise, too, like, he said he left just after midnight. I mean... Usually when you walk out and you get in your car, you don't immediately turn the car on and leave. I don't know very many people that do that, especially after like a party or hanging out with friends. Like you're taking your time, you're getting in the car, you're starting your car, maybe sitting there for a second. Yeah. So that can be taken into account as well. That maybe he was just taking his time before he got on the road or he was tired. So he was moving a little slower. Could be. Brandon, what were you doing? You know, (laughs) the world may never know. The world will never know, maybe. All those things possible. Mm-hmm. And then another thing to mention is that from Canby to Lind, where he thought he was at, mm-hmm. is 45 minutes. That also kind of explains a little, I guess not really. Because we were talking about there was a 45-minute gap missing, but it also wouldn't explain why his car wasn't found near Lind. Yeah. But that just uh, gives you another idea of, like, distance-wise. So yeah. And I wonder if, like, while he was talking to his parents, trying to give him direction, was he staying at his car or was he already on the move? Yeah. Like, how far from his car was he? I don't know. It's just so many thoughts are racing through my head. Sorry, I keep bringing up, like, theories or thoughts. I'm just, like, trying to make sense of it and, like, trying to fill in blanks. And I I cannot do that because I have no knowledge, but... Yeah, I I mean, I'm just as lost as you are. Like, we literally tried to debunk the map and where he could have been, Mm -hmm. but none of it makes sense. Yeah. The only thing to me that makes sense is like, oh, he fell in the water. Yeah, that's literally it. And to where it was like, oh, shit. But usually, like, I, I guess you might not hear it, especially if you're driving and one person's on the phone and the other one. But... If he fell, oh shit, fell in the water. Wouldn't you hear a splash though before the phone cuts out? Potentially. Like it wouldn't be, oh shit, hang up. Like you'd hear something, but it could have happened so fast that you didn't take in all the sounds you were hearing. True. Like you probably could have just heard water rushing or, you Mm -hmm. know, just something like that, but not paid attention to the the actual noises around. You know, like when they play back things and then they like slow it down or... You know, yeah. they're able to find, like, those fine things, I bet you. If they were mm-hmm. to do that, maybe. Probably. But it's also, like, the phone was never found either. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
At this point, did you're like, how both... fast was the water moving? How deep is the river? Like, yeah. did they comb the river or did they just like lightly search it? Well, from what it sounds like, they, I mean, the dogs followed a scent, can follow a scent so far. And I mean, they Until searched both water. sides of, of the river, but that was it. Mm-hmm. But also that doesn't make sense because if he ended up on the other side of the river, then he wouldn't have gone drowned down the river. Like, why was yeah. his scent on the other side? Gotcha. So he fell in the water. Oh, shit. Fell in the water. Was able to get to the other side of the river. Started walking through the farm. Got stuck in a coyote trap. The serial killer farmer found him. Took him to his barn where he tortures people. And then Brandon was never found again. There you go. There's another theory. <laughs> what could have happened? <laughs> Next time on the Crime Lab Podcast, we solve another murder. <laughs> oh my gosh. Could you imagine if that's really what happened? So another thing that ended up happening was during the land searches with the dogs, they continued to search the area for years. Like they, wow. the search never really stopped. Like, they wanted to find out what happened to Brandon. It's awesome, though. And his parents successfully lobbied the state legislator to pass the Brandon's Law, which requires that police begin investigations of missing adults promptly. No waiting. Yeah. 48 hours. Especially with all that ev- evidence that something happened. Yes. And then one other thing to kind of close this out a bit is the Crime Junkie podcast, which I'm sure you guys know. Mm-hmm. They also did a case about Brandon and two others, which had to do with young men who go missing from their cars. A summary of the cases mm-hmm. and the men who go missing from their cars says that there's a strange phenomenon keeps occurring where young men go missing from their cars and then seem to vanish into thin air. Hmm. It happened in 2008 to Brandon Swanson, 2020 to Jason Landry, and 2021 to Daniel Robinson. Hmm. It seemed impossible that they could walk away from their vehicles, sometimes even leaving their clothes behind and never to be seen again. And at this point... All three of these people have not been found, and they're still being looked for. And it's crazy that they're recent. Wow. So, yeah. That is the case about Brandon Swanson and the fact that he's never been found, and no one has any clue what has happened to him. Literally, like they said, he vanished into thin air. And that's so crazy, and it's unfortunate for the parents because they were so close. Yeah. Like, they were practically there. They just missed him. Like, that's got to be heart-wrenching. Yeah, it has to be. Mm-hmm. And because I'm sure they woke up or whatever and got in their car and went to go yeah. find him. Like, they're I mean, not going to leave if, their baby boy out on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shoot, if we called our parents, like, they'd do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they just hop in the car and they would drive to where we are. Definitely. But luckily for us now, like, you can kind of do the pins or... Yeah, yeah, trackers, you know, which they probably didn't know about then. So they were just going off of his location or where he was saying. Well, thank you for joining us this week. And like Bernie said earlier, we want to hear your theories. We, I kind of word salad, vomited, whatever, all of my thoughts and theories out there for you guys to build off of. Or hopefully you're on the same page as I am with your confusion because – Brittany and I are both looking at each other like, what the hell is going on? 
So please, in the comments, either on our socials or on the episode, on whatever platform you're listening to, give us your your comments. Let us know your thoughts and theories. But thank you for joining us for another week. If you like the podcast, if you like us, if you like the episode, make sure you share it with friends or family or anybody you think may like us. Share, share, share. And remember, don't have nightmares. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week.